Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. Hey, listen, are you ready for the word? Come on, everybody. Let's get ready for the word. Open up. You know, I've been in a series, but not really. I, I didn't know what to say. I really wouldn't call this a series. We, Pastor Cody ended what we were doing with Digging Wells. And then I just was going to, just God lead me and let's see what perhaps he wants to say to us these last coming weeks. In fact, next week we'll kick off a new series uh, talking about hope for the holiday. And we're just going to start our holiday series, if you will. And so kind of in between that, I was like, okay, Lord, what is it that you want me to share? And I really felt impressed to share on faith the first week. And then after that, the second week, I felt he said faith. And then this week I felt faith. So I guess there's a series there, but a little bit different look today. Uh, I want to take a look at Hebrews 11:6 to start with. Uh, I don't want to review a whole lot from last week, but I want, us to, I want us to see how important this idea, this truth, this concept of faith really is. And, and I think it's misunderstood. I think it's misused. I think we use the, the word faith like we use the, the word love. It doesn't have the meaning that it was intended anymore. We use it for so many things. And I don't know that we actually really understand it. Um, that's why I've kind of been teaching on it. Uh, so let me just give you this scripture here to start with. Hebrews eleven six. First part of it says, and it is impossible. Say impossible strong word and it's impossible to please God without faith. <laughs> Think about that. I mean, I don't know about you, but if somebody was to ask you, what is it impossible to please God without? I mean, I, chances are a lot of other answers would have come up. Uh, we might say something like, um, it is impossible to please God without purity. Uh, it is impossible to please God without prayer. It is impossible to please God without reading the word. It is, a, it is impossible without... The, it is impossible to please God without serving. It is, a, it is impossible to please God without giving. It, it is impossible to please God without love and forgiveness. I mean, there's probably a number of things we would put there, but isn't it interesting that the Holy Spirit put on the writer of Hebrews to put, it is impossible to please God without faith. Out of anything else, and we probably would have added a whole bunch of other, but faith is what it takes to be pleasing to God, if you will. And, and so that's what we've been talking about the last two weeks, and, and we'll go a little bit further uh, today, this week. Um, we need to understand faith and trusting him and, and the attitude of faith, the, the, the process of faith, the posture of faith. And, and we shared the scripture before. I, I didn't put it in your notes, but Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, not seen. And that's our problem with faith. Faith is about something that is not seen. And we are so sight-oriented people. We, 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 we're so moved by sight, but you can't be in faith if you're moved by sight. You have to see beyond your sight. And, and we talked about being in, in, in vision, but the biggest challenge to faith just might be our sight. And so that's why I think it's important to understand that the writers in Hebrew, or I'm sorry, Habakkuk or Habakkuk or however you want to say that. Habakkuk 2, 2 through 3, listen to this, said, then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision down and make it plain on tablets that he may run with it who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Write the vision down, the vision. He's not talking about write what you see, write what you see that is to come. So we're not talking about sight because sight can be an enemy to your faith, but vision and faith go hand in hand because vision looks beyond what you see in the natural. It's not denying the reality and I think that's part of the argument. I, I mean, I, people all the time, are you one of those faith preachers? Are you one of those faith churches? Yes. Because without it, you're not saved. <laughs> are you everybody that's saved you know, has, has to have, uh, activate their faith, right? And so it's like, 
but I understand where they're coming from, but they're, they're misinterpreting faith. Faith is not what you see with your natural eyes. It's, it's what you see vision-wise. It's what you see who God is and what he can do, not what you're currently experiencing. It's not a denial of your current reality. It's understanding that there's someone greater than what you're currently going through. And so don't let your sight blind your vision or blind your faith. And we can say it that way. And we talked about that last week. And I think that's important to understand. Sight is natural, vision is supernatural, or faith is seeing beyond what the natural lets you see. So take a look at this, uh, well, this phrase here, don't let your sight blind your vision. I think that's an important statement for us to hold on to. And then let's take a look in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. Here's what it says, 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by what? Not by what? Because sight gets in the way of our faith. And again, I know all the arguments to push back for that, but we're not talking about denying our current reality. We're talking about seeing beyond that to a bigger picture because our God is greater. Our God is more powerful. Our God is bigger. And today, today I want to encourage you. I want to give you a message of encouragement, a word of encouragement in God's faithfulness. You know, the last two weeks, go back two weeks, and we talked about, you know, everyday faith, a lifestyle of faith. And I gave you four, four things or four points or four things to help you operate in everyday faith. Faith is not just for the moment that you have a crisis. Faith is not just for a need or something that you exercise in the moment of a bad report. Faith is for everyday life, all the time, every time. And then last week we talked about active faith, how to activate your faith, how to walk in faith. I gave you five points to that. So two weeks ago I gave you four points to everyday faith. Last week I gave you five points to active faith. Today I don't have any points for you. (laughs) But let me say it this way, this isn't pointless. It's, It's wonderful, it's powerful. Okay. There's no point in saying that, that's for sure. Anyways, all right. (laughs) Hey, so today, I just want to encourage you in your faith. I want to stir your faith up. I want to build your faith. Mine has been. Mine was first service. Mine has been. And can I tell you, I needed it. I think we all need it. In fact, I was looking at the worship set yesterday on my phone. I pulled up the app and was seeing, hey, what songs are we going to sing? I don't, I don't typically talk to Pastor Cody and say, hey, sing this, sing that, or, or what are we going to do? I just trust he's listening to the Holy Spirit, and somehow God always just weaves it all together. And so when we sang that song, That's My God, I'm like, man, that's exactly what I would have asked him to sing. And the reason why it's important for us to remember, that's our God. He is able. He is faithful. In the midst of any circumstance, anything that we face really was a setup to the message today. God is working even when you don't see it. God is working because he is able and he is faithful. And so today, the reality is maybe, maybe that there are some in here who feel that you've been settling in life for more today than maybe you did in the past. Maybe you've had a hard time when it comes to your faith. Maybe, maybe you feel like you've seen God move in the past greater in faith than you have today. Maybe you used to have a little more passion that God was gonna answer your prayers, maybe a little bit more confident. You used to, there was a time that I, I was more confident in faith. Maybe there's a time you sensed his presence daily. And maybe there's a time you, you, were, you felt led by the spirit. Maybe there's a time you felt his power in your life. Maybe there's a time you saw miracles all around you. Maybe there's a time that you were believing God for much, much more, and you've come to a place in your faith today that you're kind of just willing to settle because maybe things haven't happened the the way that you'd hoped or in the time that you'd hoped or that the thing that you were praying for, believing God for, your prayer might be, and your prayer simply today might be this, and I understand it, God, do something, do anything, just let me know that you're there. It could be anything, it could be any area of your life, and, and in fact, there's different areas that might look different, like, in, and maybe today that you're a single gal in your prayer, you know, might have been, at one point in time, it might have been, God, bring me a man of God. Yeah. <laughs> all the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single I don't know what that was right there, that's just like, edit that out. 
sorry for those watching it live. Okay, I don't know. Okay, get back on track, back on track. Maybe you're like, God, God, bring me a man. He's going to be a godly man. He's going to lead us in our marriage. Bring me a man of God that's going to lead our family and our, our kids. Bring me a man of God that's going to be a provider. Bring me a, a, a tall man, but not too tall. Man, lean man, but not put some meat on his bones. But give me a man that's going to love uh, cold nights and warm fires and Hallmark movies. And God, bring, bring me a man that kisses like he's full of the Holy Ghost and tongues. <laughs> If you can see my wife right now, she just, she just bowed her head. <laughs> keep preaching it. Someone, a single lady said, keep preaching it, Pastor. Keep preaching it. <laughs> but maybe now, but maybe now, five years later or later, your prayers, God, just bring me a man. I mean, if that's a job, that's a blessing, but it's optional. Just bring me just a man. Not, not to be funny, but over time, right? Maybe, you know, parents, and we have kids, and we're blessed, and they're 19 and 20 and older now, but I, man, God, we thank you for these children, Lord. Thank you for these children. We're, we're going to be a godly home. We're gonna, God, we're going to raise our kids right, God, and we're going to have devotionals, and we're going to have worship nights, and they're going to they're gonna know and love you. We're gonna, God, we're, gonna, we're praying that we're going to serve you all the days of their life, and another they will not listen to, and they'll walk the straight and narrow, and they'll love their God with all their heart, mind, and soul, and God, and now five years have passed, and now you're like, God, why'd you give me these kids? What did I do, Father? I mean, what, how was my, great was my sin? And it's like, aliens abducted my children and replaced them with their evil twin. We're hostages in our, things change over time. And that's just kind of fun laughing about that. But what about the, I was praying for you to, for the healer. She's not healed yet. God, I was praying, God, I was praying for them to come to know you and, and they still don't know you, God. And I've been praying and believing for that. And where are you? Are you working? I don't see you. I don't feel you. What's happening? What's happening, Lord? I, I want to bring a word of hope and faith today to those of you who may have lowered your expectations because God hasn't done what you felt he has promised to do or what you've wanted them to do or believed or prayed to do. And, and we all find ourselves there. The reality is. And I want to give you a single statement that I hope will strike strike you the way it strikes me, it will stick with you, and and my hope is that at appropriate times, the Holy Spirit will bring it up to you and encourage you, and it's simply this, you have no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. You have no idea what God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. We have no idea. You know, there's a story in the Bible, Genesis 12, and you can turn there, we'll, we'll, we'll get there in just a moment. And let me give you a little background. It's the story of Abram and Sarai, whose names will be changed to Abraham and Sarah, and God will change their names. But right now they're Abram and Sarai, and they're, they're believing God, and, and they're trusting God, and they want to follow God, and, and, and they're, they're without child, and they're getting older, and they desperately want a child. They're in a season where they're incredibly disappointed, and they want and wanted a baby, and they know God can bless them, and they cannot conceive. And you can only imagine, some of you can imagine that and and thankful that God is a miracle working God. But some of us can only imagine or try and put ourselves in that place, which is somewhat impossible. But yet you can think of things that happened during those times. Probably all the friends, you know, it's like probably all the friends then were getting pregnant, right? I mean, they're all getting old and they're getting older too, but they're still having kids. They had kids old back in that day. And it's like your, your friends and stuff, all they they do is got to kiss each other. And it seems like they're pregnant. You know, it's like, we can't get this thing to work. And it's this disappointment maybe that the rolls around in them and 
And Genesis 12 says that God told Abraham to follow him. He said, Abraham, you're going to have to take a step of faith with me on this journey. And he says, if you'll do this, and when you do this, I have a promise for you. And look what God says in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, and then verse 7. He says, now the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. He says this in the next verse, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Verse 3 says, I will bless those who curse you. I will, curse him. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Verse 7 says, then the Lord appeared to Abram and said to your descendants, I will give this land. And there he built an altar that appeared to him. Look at chapter 13, verses 14 through 16. The next chapter over, God's promise was being reminded, or Abraham was being reminded of God's promise. And the Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, lift your eyes now and look from the place where you are, northward, southward, eastward, westward. Look all around you. For all the land you can see, I give to you and your descendants forever. And I will make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so that if a man could number the dust of the earth, then your descendants could also be numbered. And it's amazing if you can see the promise that God gave. And even expounded on it that chapter later in verse 13. The promise that he gave to Abraham. Abraham hears this, or Abram hears this, and he tells his wife, hey, we're going to have a child, but we're not just going to have a child. We're going to be the father of many nations. This is amazing. And basically then perhaps he said, hey, hey, Sarah, our our prayers are going to be answered. And and God told me and and God promised. And when God promises, he comes through and our God has given his word. And so we know it will come to pass and we're going to have a baby. And you can only imagine if God told you and God gave you a promise and and you'd been disappointed and all of a sudden the excitement of it. What are you going to do if God promises you something? I I mean, I can imagine immediately. That's great. That's awesome. Let's tell everybody. Hey, we're going to have a baby. God said, we're going to have a baby. Oh, what are we going to name him? Let's Google some names. I don't know. Baby names. Cain. No, he killed his brother. That's not a good one. Let's keep going. Other names. And and they're planning, they're planning their, their baby showers because they've been to everybody else's baby shower and they're, and they're planning how they're going to do their Instagram gender reveal and all this kind of stuff. They're, they're working it. And who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Because God told them. And God promised them. Who wouldn't react that way? And so God spoke. They were going to have a baby. Genesis 12 says, you're going to have a child. You're going to be the father of many nations. And Then comes Genesis 15. It was reiterated and emphasized in 13. But then look at what 15, Genesis 15, 1 and 2 says this. Sometime later. Say sometime later. Here's all these promises. This promise of God, the excitement that they had from disappointment to excitement. All of a sudden they have to be, I mean, God said. And all of a sudden you get to chapter 15 and it says this. Sometime later. How long was sometime later? How much distance was there between the promise and you're gonna have, the promise of you're gonna have a child until the time the child came? We don't know exactly how long it was, but we know it at least was 10 years. If you study the scripture, you know at least a decade passed. Father of many nations, get ready. We're going to be pregnant next month, honey. Get ready. We're going to be pregnant next month. God said a month comes and they're not. Okay, it must be next month. Maybe, maybe God has a, He's got a different time frame. It's okay. It's a, but he said, so get, preg- get, get ready. We're going to get pregnant next month. Okay, next month. You know what? It's probably just, it's probably the wrong time of the year. Maybe it's a, 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 the harvest is coming. We need, or it's going to be, God knows, but maybe the next month. And, and he's told everybody already. We told everybody, hey, you know what? Maybe it's going to be next year. God's just getting us ready. We need a little time to really to, to get the tent ready and, and prepare everything. And, and, and maybe the next year. And then that year passes. And, and then that month passes passes and another month passes and another year passes and I don't know, get ready and five years passes and get ready and all of a sudden it's a decade and sometime later, 
father of many nations. Sometime later, Abraham's reply in Genesis 15 to after over at least a decade passes. Here's his reply, but Abraham replied, oh, sovereign Lord, what good are all these blessings when I don't even have a son? I don't want to hear about all this land. I don't want to hear about all the nations will be blessed. I don't want to hear about that anymore. I don't even have a son. It's been at least over 10 years. Sometime later, I don't even have a son. Abraham's saying, God, where are you? Did you forget about me? Did I hear you right? Was that really for me or did you tell me to tell somebody else? God, where are you? And from Abram's point of view, nothing was happening at all. So what did he do? Well, he did what we all do in that moment. He did what we so often do. He lowered his expectations of God. Because isn't that what we do? We come to a point where we have a promise and we're excited about it. And then sometime later, if things don't turn out the way that we had hoped or the way that we wanted, sometimes later, and in our humanity and our inability to see God for who he truly is and those moments to be focused on what we don't have instead of who he is, we all can tend to lower our expectation of God. Maybe that's you. And if you lower your expectation of God, your faith is attached to your expectation of God. Not what you can do, but what he can do and who he is. So Abraham lowered his expectations and God said, you'll be the father of many nations. And he said, I don't even have a son. I don't want to hear about the blessings or anything anymore. And I believe this message is for someone who's lowered their expectations of what God might do. But we have no idea what our God may produce through a single seed planted in faith. We have no idea what God may do and produce through a single seed planted in faith. And our problem is, it's because we're human, which means that we are incredibly limited in our perspective. We tend to think in terms of addition, a son, add one, but we serve a God who thinks in multiplication. Help me out this one if you know the answer. We see this all the way in the beginning. God said to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. God is a God of multiplication. We tend to think addition. He thinks multiplication. You have no idea what God may produce through a single seed. And look what Jesus said in Matthew, the parable of the sower. Matthew 13, 18 through 9, he said, still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was what? 30, what? 60, even 100 times multiplied as much as had been planted. Anyone who has ears to hear should listen and understand. God can do more and produce more with one seed of faith planted in faith or one seed planted in faith, amen. But... When you put a seed in the ground, what happens? What do you see? Nothing. You don't see anything. You just put it in the ground. And here's what we know. God doesn't bring you something that's fully produced. He brings you something as a seed. He gives everything in seed form. And when you put a seed in the ground, you see nothing for a time. But that does not mean that God is not working on what you cannot see. You don't know what God can produce with one seed planted in faith where you see nothing, God is doing something. And just because we don't see anything doesn't mean God is not doing anything. Eventually the seed must take root. It must take root. Long before you see the seed produce any fruit, the seed has to take root. You'll never see the seed take root because God is doing something in a realm you cannot see. You cannot see it in the natural. 
So don't let your vision or your faith be blinded by your sight. And just because you're praying and don't see an answer does not mean your prayer has not reached heaven and God has not already released the answer on your behalf that he's behind the scenes doing something at some time later. Sometime later, Abram wanted a son. A decade passes. You have no idea what God may produce through a single seed. You know, thinking about today, and, and every time I walk into this place or roll into this campus, but walking in through the main lobby, I see uh, that picture of my dad, and it's there just simply because he's the founder, founder of the church. But I think years ago, and, and, and mom knows more of the story, obviously, than I do or would, but years ago as a kid, my dad got saved in Sunday school at his grandparents' church. He go stay with him in the summertime. He got saved as just a little kid in elementary school. And as he got older and he kind of walked away from those things, and then he, he joined the, the army during the Vietnam War and he did two combat tours. And, and over there, he, he had, wasn't walking with, the God, with God, but in that moment, you get close to me, he asked a, a battlefield prayer. If you'll bring me home safe, I'll serve you all the days of my life. And fortunately, he came home safe. Unfortunately, many did not. And, but yet he forgot his promise to God and he didn't follow God. In fact, things were probably even worse coming home post-war experiencing all he experienced and wandering away from the things of God. And we lived in a, in a, in a place in the country in the upper part of Indiana. My dad uh, was a salesman. He worked for a, a company that sold plumbing supplies and, and he would travel to Illinois and Ohio and he traveled to Michigan and he'd traveled to Kentucky, all over the state of Indiana selling supplies. And he worked with a man though that was a born again, spirit filled believer. And that man, every day that he was with my dad would just plant a seed there and then water a seed and water a seed in him about God's plan. And one day my dad finally surrendered to the call of God in his life and he pulled his car over on the way to work and said, Lord, I want to rededicate my life to you and I want to give everything to you. I want everything you have. And he was rededicated, filled the Holy Spirit and everything changed from that moment on. A year later, he loaded up his family and said, we're moving to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Why? You know, Oklahoma, no, I'm just... And he went to Bible school and a year later, he moved to Texas. And right now we're sitting in the fruit of one seed planted in a man when he was a kid in Sunday school so many decades ago. Who knows what God may produce? Amen. And one seed planted in faith. And not just you and I today and the thousands that have been here and almost the four decades this church has been in existence over 38 years, all over the world. But not just today. In this moment, my brother's in Mexico preaching to a group of people. My sister and her husband are in Austin preaching to a group of people. And there's over 4,000 people right now in a church pastored by one of his kids because God planted a seed in his heart years ago. And thousands around, thousands around the world. I only say that to say, this is decades later. But who knows what God may produce with one seed planted in faith. Sometime later, there's a sometime later moment. You have no idea what God can do, but just because you don't see anything doesn't mean God's not doing anything. And just because you don't feel it and just because you don't hear it, it doesn't mean God hasn't released his spirit to do more than you can ever imagine. The Bible says Abram was in his tent. Abram was in his tent. And sitting in his tent, you can only imagine Abraham looking up like we would, staring at the ceiling. Where are you, God? Where are you? And he's looking at the world framed by the tent round about him. And he says, God, I don't see anything happening. God, I don't see you working. You said, you promised. Did I hear right? Was that for me or for someone else? And for you today, it might be. God, I'm, I'm not married yet. 
and I want to be, and there's no prospects anywhere. And God, I'm, I'm buried in debt. I don't see how I'm going to pay my bills. And God, the report came back from the doctor, and it's not good. I don't know if you know this, but it's not good. And I don't see you, God. I don't feel you. God, I don't see you working. Nothing's happening. Where are you, God? I do not understand. Abram's in his tent telling God what he doesn't see because he's limited by the framework around him. and He's looking at what he can see. His view is limited. Genesis 15.5, New Living Translation. Look at this, what it says. Lord, the Lord took Abraham outside. Notice that the Lord meets Abraham in his tent. The Lord meets Abraham in his unmet expectation. The Lord meets Abraham in his disappointment, in his despair, in his discouragement. The Lord meets Abram in his limited context, in his limited sight. But God had to take him outside. God had to bring him out of there. And so the Lord takes him outside and he says, look up, count the stars in the sky if you can. That's how many your descendants will be. And what I hope to do today is to take somebody outside their tent. I want to take you outside your context. I want to take you outside your perspective. I want to take you outside your unmet expectation. I want you to recognize his thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways. And so Abraham, God came and brought him out of his tent. You might say it this way. Abraham had to become discontented. Some of you will get that later. I thought that was brilliant. Oh, sorry, Lord. That was the Holy Spirit was brilliant. Abraham has to be discontented with his current situation. He had to be discontented with his unmet expectation. God has to bring you out. You have to let God to bring you out of your limited sight so you can see how big he is again and be discontent with where you're at. Get out of the tent of disappointment. Get out of your tent of despair. Get out of your tent of unmet expectations. Get out of your tent of limiting God. Look up. He's the one who hung the stars in the sky. What is too big for him? Get out of your limited perspective. You don't know what God can do, what God can produce with one seed planted in faith. You don't know what God is doing behind the scenes. So the Lord took him out outside his own limited context and had him look up into the heavens because his sight was blinding his vision. I say it this way because God brought him out. We need to get to the place of holy discontent. I'm making a shirt, holy discontent with a tent on it. And I'm like, okay, I'm just, I'm just I think it's awesome. Holy discontent, come out of your tent. Let God open your eyes, open your heart, open your faith. Maybe we need to close our eyes and open our faith again and come out of that place of discontentment. Abram's. Abram was thinking son, and God was thinking nations. But his sight was blinded, was blinding his vision. So God had to bring him out of his tent, the framework of limitations, the framework of unmet expectations. Genesis 15, 6, the next verse says this, and Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his what? 
because of his faith, because of his vision, because he wasn't limited by his sight, he was able to not deny his reality, but see beyond his reality. He just had to get a different view. He just had to get a different perspective. And he had to be able to open his eyes or his vision to see what God can do and how big his God is and how mighty his God is again. And allow his lowered expectations because God didn't meet him in that moment in time. And we're now we're talking sometime later. And he had to raise his expectations back up again to the size of his God. You have no idea what God can do with a single seed planted in faith. All the way back to that time when Abram was in the tent. All the way to today. That story still speaks directly to you and I. If you are a Christ follower, or if you are in Christ, that speaks to you. In fact, Galatians 3.29, New King James Version says this, and if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's what? Seed. If you are Christ, I'm of Christ, I'm Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Sometime later, I came on the earth, right? Sometime later, you did too. And listen, and if you don't believe that to be true in the scripture that you are part of that promise, if the scripture didn't convince you, then I know there's a song that will. And maybe you'll remember this and it goes like this. Father Abraham had many sons. Many sons had father Abraham. Here's the convincing part why it's true. I am one of them and so were you. So let's just praise the Lord right out. No, we're going to stop right there. Hey, that's like the never ending children's song. Eventually, I guess you run out of body parts. But you have no idea you have no idea what God can do with one seed planted in faith. You are a seed of Abraham. The scripture says it. All the way back to God's promise to Abraham about a son. Abraham was thinking a son and God was thinking of you. You're the seed of Abraham. You have no idea what God can do with one seed planted in faith. Don't ever measure God's unlimited power by your limited expectation. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean God's not doing it. Come out from your tent of limitation and look up to your unlimited God. Have a holy discontentment with your situation and where you are, even if it's sometime later. Don't let your sight blind your vision. You have no idea what God can do. You have no idea what God can do through a prayer prayed in faith. You have no idea what God can multiply in a single gift given in faith. You have no idea how God might use a single expression of love our active service in faith. You have no idea. You see, and here's where we are. We're just so happy that, you're just so happy that your son is not vaping or dapping anymore or smoking pot. But God sees him as the next Billy Graham. You're just believing God for your husband to sober up and, and God sees him as the next great evangelist or winning thousands to the Lord. You just want to be able to pay your car payment and God says, I want you to pay off other people's cars. You have no idea what God can do with one seed planted in faith. Come out from your tent of limitation. Unmet expectations and trust God. My heart, my hope is to stir our faith up tonight. Don't underestimate the power of your God. In fact, Galatians 6, 9, New Living Translation says this. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we do not give up, if we do not lower our expectation of God, if we are willing to come out of our tent in a holy discontentment, keeping our eyes focused on God and how big and how great and awesome he is in band. If you can come on up.
Don't be content with where you're at or with what's happening. We need to get out of our tent and look up. We need to look up at a God who can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we can ask or think. Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 in the Amplified says it this way. Now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly, more than all we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, our hopes or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout generations forever and ever and ever and ever and ever, amen. You have no idea what God can produce with one seed sown in faith. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.